0: Everybody and welcome to the Maya Minds podcast. I'm your host George, and here at Maya Minds, we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Maya Minds podcast. I'm your host, George, and today I am here with Charlotte. Charlotte, how are you?
1: I am very well, thank you. Ready to get talking.
0: <laughs> good, good. That's what we like to hear. Are you Charlotte, or do people call you Char? Because I know on your on your Instagram, it's it's Char, Char, or Char, something like that, isn't it?
1: If everyone calls me Char.
0: Okay, okay. Every- I'll I'll go with Char. Um, so Char, thank you so much for coming on here today. Um, I am very excited to speak with you, especially from a, a female perspective from powerlifting. We haven't had that um so far at least especially not someone with you know your kind of status and and the numbers that you hit and stuff and i feel like you know um you're kind of a very influential figure in this in this realm um so i'm really excited to hear your kind of opinion on things as normal um on the my month podcast we tend to talk about people's mental health um you know experiences whether positive or negative um especially around the gym and i think hearing yours would be really um important for some of the viewers who who you know may want to hear that or maybe feeling that they're a bit alone in that in that realm um so would you be okay to to share some of your own personal experiences
1: yeah, yeah of course i mean um my experience actually get, getting into the gym is not probably what everyone expects kind of everyone expects that you know if you're a lifter who competes competitively that you have always been wonderful at training and you you kind of have just you know gone from zero to 100 and got the great mindset and that's not how it happens um initially I used to play uh, football to quite a high level uh, I felt extremely pressured by um the football team I was in because it, it's difficult in a team that you know you put other people's mistakes on you you don't know it's, it's very much a team a team sport that some things that you know happen that aren't necessarily your fault it kind of feels like it is and and you take all the bad and put it all on yourself and that's that's kind of where my journey into training came from so I used to do fitness sessions along with um, football and it kind of gave me that chance to feel really empowered I felt weak I felt pressured I felt like I had to be something that potentially some days I couldn't um and the gym was my escape to be like you know what i want to do this weight i want to do these many reps i want to do this training um and it was my escape um so my start into training was very much from a negative mindset and from a mindset of pressure from a mindset of wanting to be better but not knowing how to um and the gym kind of gave me that that chance to do so but it wasn't stemmed from a positive mindset it stemmed from you know causing myself pain if that kind of makes sense um you know and feeling that release of being able to go to the gym put myself through hard work and leave being absolutely physically and mentally kind of exhausted but feeling like yeah I must be progressing um type thing that's where it stems from okay um so yeah and then obviously got into kind of more structured path but it definitely did start from a negative um a negative place and a place of of pressure
0: okay so have, have things um progressed from that now um like you know is, is is there still that kind of negative or negativity around your training or is it is it is it, is it you know does it um sorry i hit my mic there <laughs> or has it like expanded from that like do you do you see it more as a as something that you're um rather, I suppose my at least my um, thoughts of what you said there is that it was almost like a, a way to um, protect yourself from from negative stuff. Is it now? Is it still that, or is it instead you know trying to get something positive?
1: I mean, I mean, we all we all grow as people, you know, and unfortunately things like Instagram and things like social media portray the highlight reel and portray all of the great. And you know, I have bad sessions. I get in my head sometimes, but I'm definitely more equipped. To know how to deal with things and what how i work as a person because we are all very very different i can get into you know possibly dark places about lifting but i'm much more equipped to to get myself out of it and know how to address the situation and know how to prevent it in the first place so very much now i think that even as a coach and a and a, and a lifter i'm very much more of kind of a holistic approach and what i mean by that is if I'm not in a good headspace, then okay, we don't do this today. Um, And I think that that's kind of, ironically, people would think the opposite. They'd think, you know, she trains so hard, everything's constantly push, 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 but that's not the case. Um, I've certainly learned over the years to give myself more slack um, and kind of understand that not every single day is going to be the best performance of your life. And what you can do is take the positive from that particular day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree um, 100%. And, um, my personal experiences, and I still do, um, use exercise as a, um, you know, a way to protect myself from negative things sometimes. And I think sometimes to a point where it is a problem and where I use exercise as a way to, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of worried that something bad's going to happen to me, whether it's like losing muscle or, you know, or uh, like gaining body fat or whatever. I use exercise to try and protect myself from that. Um, and I think f- for me, that's Um, idea that you were talking about there where people think it's like no days off always work hard always put in all the effort and I think that is one of the things that pushed me towards this idea and it's something I've had to try and move away from Um, so is that something that you try and implement with your your coaching as well do you try and like reduce that
1: yeah I mean definitely in terms of coaching I've always been of the of the style that I would rather be really good friends with my lifters than be on a professional level that they feel like they can't speak to me about external factors like stress like pressure um like wanting to you know tick all of the boxes because it's in my opinion it's impossible at first you tick all the boxes through progression um at first you aim for one box to be ticked then two then three then four the idea is that it is a journey that it is you know trying to get to the position where you've controlled every single one of those variables but you can't do that from the get-go so my approach with lifters is very much to be that person that they can talk to I would not want the approach of you know sorry no we're professional I don't want to hear about how bad your day's been or I don't want to hear about you know how work's been or anything like that because that's information that I could use to be a better coach and to support them because you know it especially in an industry in an industry that is fitness there's so much pressure and so much kind of you know, people put things on pedestals and it, it it's really tough. It's really tough. You kind of always want to be better than what you are. Even the greatest want to be better than what they are, which is a great thing, but also can be really kind of destroying to your mental health. So I try to just make sure that I'm there for them, you know, on a deeper level and, you know, as someone to kind of confide in whatever they're feeling. I may not be the best person to, you know, equip to advise, but at least I know if they're ever feeling something that is very very tough and you know they've gone through something i know that at least i can be that platform to maybe help them go and seek further advice it's so it's so hard to not you know it's so hard to speak you know from i've had seven years worth of counseling in my in my previous life so um that alone you know and it took me a long time to express how i feel hence why i'm so much of an open book now and i think that everyone in some way can find it difficult to speak about certain subjects so i'll always want to be that platform where people can really talk to me
0: yeah and there's a a few things there that i think are really good and one one that i i want to pick up on is i think it's almost you were talking about um perfectionism when you're talking about you know striving to be better and i think the there are two kind of types of perfectionism. There's the, the positive side, which is, you know, striving to be better, striving to be good. Like you, you were saying, obviously it's a really, it's a positive trait, but it can become kind of dysfunctional perfectionism. Like it's a negative side when you start to be critical of yourself because you're not achieving what you think is perfection, whether that's in comparison to somebody else's maybe social media posts. I know you mentioned that earlier. Um, and that's something that I definitely find in myself. Is that something that you kind of resonate with yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely in the past, when playing football, I was, you know, I mean, I was a striker, I was the person who, you know, is supposed to be, you know, keeping the game going is supposed to be the person, it was either an amazing game or a terrible game, and I'd always put it down to me, and that's, you know, not healthy, Um, and I, and in a weird way, always wanting to be better, through counselling, it taught me to, use that as a positive thing not not focus on what I can't do right now but focus on who I want to be and how to get there and break down those goals and turn them into really small achievable things that's exactly how I get by doing it now and how I get by not feeling you know negative depressed you know anxious about things um, obviously I still can feel like that sometimes but that's how I personally get get by with it is still aiming for uh progression and i'm obsessed with being better in any way shape or form i can i can do that i'm obsessed with it um but in a positive light um so it's not something albert definitely did a lot
0: Mm, okay yeah i I know you said you said you did is it seven years of counseling in in total
1: yeah yeah it was a long time
0: (laughs) Yeah. I have done, I've done three years myself. Um, and, and I know that for me, I, some people, people have, um, differing views on counseling. I personally have a very positive side. Like it's helped me out a lot. And I still do see a counselor every week now, every Friday. Um, shout out to, I won't say his name, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, shout out to my counselor. Um, what are your experiences with it? Like how, how was it when you first went and how did that kind of develop over the, the whole seven years?
1: So when I first went, I really didn't want to go. Um, which is me in a nutshell, stubborn as anything. Did not want to go. Um, I didn't really accept that I had any sort of issues. You know, I used to get like severely angry about things. Now I'm, um, you know, if anyone was to talk to me, they'd be like, "What?" I'll talk to you. Sorry, they'd be like, "What?" She's like placid as anything. You know, no anger. I don't understand it. But I had a lot of troubles and a lot of things I didn't accept, and I didn't know how to express that emotionally. So personally. Initially, I didn't want to go to the council, and then, after kind of she took time to actually talk to me, and that time was me. Everything else in my life was everyone else, which you know sometimes it is that's not an issue, but I had no one, and over a long period of time, I eventually broke down my walls, and it allowed me to accept that sometimes. You know, accept what what had happened, you know, in, in, in all shapes and forms, and also accept that sometimes I have to find a way to express my emotions to myself before everyone else. So it was very much, I think for me, counseling was self-discovery rather than just sitting down and chatting to someone, it was letting someone guide what I need to do. Does that make sense? So it's not quite, you yeah. know. One's persona of oh well you know i can sit down and talk to anyone it's it's not that it's it's a professional talking to you and allowing you to see or guiding you to see what you need to do it's very much a self self-discovery and and, and journey journey from yourself you know
0: yeah yeah and I, I agree completely i think the thing i love the most from counseling um, myself is the um self-awareness that i get from it because i think what a counselor's job is, is to um, point out things and question things that you're doing or happening in your life and helping you see them in a different way. Um, and also you can see how you're behaving and how you're acting and how you're thinking about things in a way that you wouldn't normally do. Is that kind of how yeah. you, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I had a, I had a really, really positive light um, from a positive experience, sorry, from, Um, counselling and I would still see her now the only reason I stopped seeing her is literally because she retired Um, and I think that you know my personal experience is I see counselling and seeking out help of any kind as a really brave courageous amazing thing for somebody to do and I normally find that those people who go out and do that have a certain energy about them you know they're they kind of think a lot deeper about things which can be a positive thing so i find that i definitely connect very well with people who have seek any form of help i see it as a huge positive not a negative thing i know it's perceived as or it can be perceived as um you know negative but no way shape and form do i see that
0: yeah and i i agree again 100 um and i I, the thing in particular i want to i want to pick up on there is this thing you, you mentioned how you know um, sharing about your mental health and, and seeking help is a strong thing, and you're a very strong person. Um, and I think often um, as a big reason why I set up my mindset and I do the stuff I do is because I think the gym community are, are very underrepresented and and all some almost ignored because exercise is you know, portrayed as this and quite rightly so. There's a lot of scientific backing that shows that it's incredible for both physical and mental health, but doesn't mean that we don't struggle at all, um, you know, and someone like yourself who, you know, obviously is an incredibly strong um, person to be able to, to come out and say, you know, I, I have my own struggles, I think is really important. Um, why, why do you think there's that? That um, is a very difficult question, I suppose, but why do you think there is that, that stigma of, or are you, why, what, why, what's the point in it? Why is it there? Why, why is it that stigma of gym people being emotionless?
1: I think what it is, is it comes down to the fact that they, you know, the, people seem to perceive anyone who goes to the gym as physically strong. So they must be mentally strong. There's that stigma or there's, you know, if they go to the gym and they have this, they can push themselves beyond like pain. They can go so far, you know, past that, that they must have no emotion when actually in reality to be obsessed with a sport or to be obsessed with, you know, even a hobby, anything you have to have a massive element of passion to be that obsessed with something. To have passion, you're going to be extremely emotional. Um, You know, not in a negative uh, point, I just mean you're going to have emotions, right? So I think that the stigma certainly is wrong. And I think that it's people like you that make it absolutely wonderful that these people have a place to talk and a place to actually share their story and make people more aware of that. Um, I know I've struggled in the past with, you know, friends, family kind of accepting or realizing that that's that's the issue because they see me as that strong one. They see me as, you know, the one that will open a jar for them. So if she opens a jar for me, she can do anything. You know, like <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but even things like that, right? You normally, I say normally, but it can be for me personally. I've always found that i like to take on the role or or have always with every job i've done and you know even family and 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 friendship it's it's always kind of that mum role which is hilarious because i'm usually the youngest but um and you know taking care of other people and sometimes because being perceived as the strong person sometimes that can get overlooked um and is frustrating but I do think it's definitely getting better which is great and like I say people like you are making a platform for these people to be able to talk um and for more people to be aware of it
0: yeah. And thank, thank you for, thank you for saying that. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, and I, I agree with you that there are people who are starting to come out, especially in the sports community, I would say more so than the fitness community, but there is, there are people in the fitness community doing it so as well. I know Eddie Hall is a big advocate and talks about his mental health a lot. And obviously he's big in the fitness industry. Um, I know uh, Tyson Fury and the, you know, there's several athletes and stuff who have who've come out about it. And I think um, that, is positive that we're going that way um i suppose what what do you think is the 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 next step like what how do you think we continue to progress this like how how do people um how do we start to unlock this idea that other people the people in the gym can be struggling too
1: i think it's well one having platforms like this for people to talk is is definitely one but also acknowledging that you know, well, not necessarily pushing people to talk because as much as, you know, we're in a, a time where it's more accepted or people feel more confident to talk about things, there are still going to be those people who really struggle and still don't want to talk about it and feel embarrassed about it or feel like they don't want people to know about it. So my main my main thoughts anyway for the next steps are thought put in particular things in place in huge federations. so whether it be something like british powerlifting or whether it be something like um you know within any sport bodybuilding or whatever there be you know an advocate or a someone who would could be able to help with those kind of situations whether it be a spokesperson for them um you know because it could be something that they're struggling with not not depression not anxiety but something particularly with the sport or with something that's happened at a competition or something within the sport itself so there needs to be people in my opinion and it's something that I'm really passionate about and I would love to try and make happen everywhere is to have that spokesperson for those people that support system that isn't quite corporate you know without I don't I haven't got a better way to, to explain that but um someone who is there's lots of charities which are great and they're wonderful um but the charities can only cover so many subjects you know the the charities can help with mental health and they can help with depression and anxiety and everything that everyone's feeling but not from a real personal point of view on every single subject because that's a lot for them to do and it will take years for them to do that so having particular people in these different sports just to help support will help the athletes 100% will help the athletes more than more than you know more strength and conditioning coaches more than more physios because a lot of athletes mental health um you know issues or what they've got going on with their mental health can impact their performance in my opinion way more than anything any other factor you know, mental health can cause injuries. It can cause physical, mental injuries. It can cause fatigue. It can cause all of this. So that would definitely be a huge step for literally the entire sport industry to have spokespeople.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. And it's, um, something that there's a project that we're working on at the moment with the university that I'm not going to mention, cause I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it, but I'm um, trying to develop a framework for coaches. Um, that is basically the, the, the idea behind it is the fact that like you say, and um, we agree that, that actually looking after an athlete's mental health will produce better performance where there's currently this um culture in sports which is horrendous which is you know the idea that you have to you have to work yourself into the dust you have to get a bit you have to be upset or you know not enjoying yourself in order to perform at the elite level Um, and i think pushing yourself is correct but not not this idea that you have to have some kind of breakdown otherwise it's not right and um, i think that's that's a horrendous idea and i think um you know giving people support networks um and also helping reduce the stresses that often um create these these anxieties these issues in athletes and in in gym goers um
1: definitely there's a, a
0: way about it
1: yeah definitely and i think that that's you know in a way kind of what I've tried sorry in a way what I've tried to create within the coaching brand and within you know the gym that I own is that there's a community of very close-knit people that hopefully will feel more more happy to talk about what they're going through or how they're feeling because someone else within that environment probably most likely feels the same so an environment like you say an environment where they feel you know, more comfortable to do so. That's that's the one thing that we, that's what I think I can do at least is create that environment. You know, I can't push or force that person to talk and I will never do that, but I can create an environment where potentially they are more likely to communicate how they're feeling. And that that to me means the absolute world if that's something that can be done. And I think that's wonderful that you're doing it with that university and it should definitely be put out there to to the masses without a doubt.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I think the really important there is the important thing there is that it actually can be implemented in everyday gyms as well. Um, and it's something that I often, um, speak about with personal trainers and stuff who who I talk to that, um, it's, it's about in creating that environment um that can um you make people feel okay to speak Um, do you have any i suppose any tips for people listening who who maybe maybe there are people listening who also own a gym or people who just work in gyms and how to you know how to manifest that that environment where people can just feel a bit more comfortable to maybe open up to you
1: so i can't really give advice to big gyms because obviously mine is a very small um a small gym which makes it a lot easier um, but i would definitely say the kind of tips that i would advise is to always give your time way where possible um, teach teach the people who work within your um, company to give time because um, the more time that you give to the members whether it is literally just saying hello whether it is just saying hey how's your day the more time you give to doing things like that the more welcome they feel um, the more you put into the time of literally getting to know your members, the more chance one, there'll be members for long haul, and that's what you want from a business point of view. But secondly, they'll also feel more than comfortable to talk to you over they would say their friend, because their friend at home or their, you know, their sibling or their, you know, their spouse or whatever, because it could be that they're struggling with something about you know in regards to them so creating an environment where you truly show care to your members that alone will have a massive impact um and i would also suggest creating kind of bonds within the gym you know if you know that a member it does take work and it does takes time but before you know it if you put that time and that groundwork in literally just talking to people before you know it everyone does it within the gym you know Um, just if you find out a member likes a particular subject and then another member likes that particular subject, get them in contact. Um, you know, organize. It could be literally down to you saying to that member, look, come down at 7pm. You know, there's someone here I think you'll, you'll, you'll like um, and then get them talking. It's literally try to bond. That sounds very strange, but try to bond people and try to create an environment where it's about that, you know, Small communities within the gym, and that's exactly what I did when I opened uh, uh, Unified Strength. I literally worked there sixteen hours a day initially um, because I wanted to make sure that that was happening constantly. You know, and I was tired—I ninety percent of the time—but I knew that I, I, if I started it like that, everyone that comes in to the gym would also have that view, and you know, it spreads. Um, they say you are uh, a representation of your peers. So sometimes what I would have to do as a gym owner, you know, to, to benefit my members is even if I had a bad day, talk about them, you know, it's not always about me. That's not my mechanism to, to, to cope. My mechanism to cope is, you know, what I have at home and how I talk to people at home and through my friends, this environment is something that I've chosen to create for other people to connect and for other people to communicate so that's yeah. the I know, probably a clear-cut answer but it would always be give time
0: yeah but it's it's a really difficult question and um i feel like i definitely put you on the spot with that but it's it's i think a very good answer i think um showing people that giving time like you say is showing people that you do care about what they have to say about their own experiences their own life what's going on Um, and I think also you you seem like a an open person and I think being open and and especially one one thing that I've found personally and and tell me I want to know your experience with this is if I open up to people about the fact that I'm having a shitty day so if you know when they ask me are you okay and I say actually I'm not having a great um time at the moment. I'm really I'm kind of struggling with this, this and this. I feel like it, you 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 allow that other person to also be open and be and be okay with saying actually yeah I am too. Um I don't know is, is that something that you've ever uh, kind of experienced yourself? Is that something that you do?
1: Yeah yeah I mean definitely I whenever anyone chooses to open up to me I'll always ask them you know do you want do you want me to listen? Do you want to just talk to me about how you're feeling? Or do you want me to talk about solutions? Because sometimes people just want to talk, you know, people just want to have a set of ears and, you know, just talk about how they're feeling. Um, And if someone wants solutions, I, I will talk about the solutions and then also give them the affirmation. If I'm feeling that way as well, I will talk about it. But I have to say that I personally do kind of prioritize the way I speak to people is definitely prioritizing how they feel. Um, It's situation dependent. I'll always open up if I've had a bad day and someone's talking to me about a bad day, I will always, always open up because it feels like the problem halves. If someone else is going through it too, there's suddenly it's like, okay, now I feel like somebody else is here with me. um, But I won't say that if, if they just want to kind of have, well, I'll say if they want um, just ears to listen, but if they want solutions, they don't want other people's problems on them. Right. So if they, if they're talking to me because they want a plan of action and they want to, you know, whatever's going on, they want to create something that kind of stops them feeling like that or, you know, a logical approach. I won't talk to them about how I'm feeling them because they're in what i call more a more vulnerable state they don't need someone else's problems on them so it's kind of it's finding out where where that person's at to whether or not i express how i'm feeling Um, and sometimes you know that's that's a position for me to talk and sometimes i will take that and i'll talk to somebody else in a different situation it's completely dependent but i have to say the way that i treat um members at the gym is very much them focused yeah. um definitely
0: what about okay what about when when you're having a bad time and like you know when when you when you want to express something like how how do you go about that cuz for me I um I feel like I'm 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 one or the other I'm either a massive like oversharer um, and I feel like I just kind of unload onto the the first person that comes up to me, or I get a bit reserved, um, and I just just for anxiety reasons or whatever. Which to be honest with you, hand on heart, um, I I haven't been fantastic today. And when when we spoke about how we were, I said I was fine, and I I, I think that's the anxiety playing on my on my mind and possibly because i'm on the podcast sometimes i feel like i have to like portray this different image of who i am because i'm recording myself and this is a thing um but i want to be as honest as possible and i haven't been having a great day today and so how when you are not having a great day like what how do you how do you do that like what's your what's your way of doing it because i'm interested in how different people approach that yeah um
1: well firstly sorry to hear you're not having a good day um how i deal with Um, a bad day it it definitely depends what entails that bad day so for example nine times out of ten if I'm having a bad day it's probably training related um, because it's one of those you know yin yang in the training makes me feel amazing but it can also make me feel rock bottom so if if that's the case and I have a tough training day I try to take my head space out of what's going on, you know, and it's just, yeah, okay, let's just get what done what we need to do today. Um, not put any pressure on numbers, just get done what needs to be done today. Then I tend to, I'm very much more of an internal person. I tend to kind of weigh up the pros and cons, weigh up how I'm feeling um within myself, then decide a plan of action, and then I talk about my feelings. So you know, if I was to have a bad day on Monday, I tend to talk about it on Tuesday. And I know that sounds kind of backwards to how a lot of people, you know, potentially work or how a lot of people would like to talk about things. But I I tend to sit on things and I want to know how I actually feel. Because sometimes in the moment, I can feel a certain feeling, maybe I feel anxious, then in a couple hours, maybe I feel, you know, a bit depressed or or low. Um, So I kind of want to unravel these thoughts and come up with, you know, this is how I feel, this is what I feel about this, this is what I feel about that. Then I will off more often than not talk to my partner, um, you know, or, or maybe even friends, um, about what's going on and how I'm feeling and, you know, what I think I should do, what I, you know, that that's how I normally approach things. Because well, sometimes I will talk about it on the spot. Um, or it'll be very clear, um, you know, I'm very much, I've, I've always been very kind of, anyone that'll tell you, like ADHD, for example, so like, I am like, woo, all the time, you know, so um, yeah, it, it can be obvious to people very, very close to me, I can't hide it, you know, so if they talk to me, then okay, but I find it difficult to have that initial conversation when I'm in the mindset where I don't really know what's going on myself, I don't know these feelings, you know, the feelings kind of overlap a lot, initially so I try to take myself out of my shoes it's a coping mechanism I suppose take myself out of out of my shoes kind of address how I'm feeling um you know whether that's you know pros or cons to the feeling and try to kind of have uh, an internal thought or argument with myself type thing whether you know this is the right feeling to feel not right feeling because feelings aren't right or wrong but whether this feeling has value or whether it's something that is going to pass. Um, and then take the time to to chat to others about it. I always need that kind of headspace. And I think that comes from the years of counseling and kind of learning to deal with things myself as opposed to lean on other people.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think um so it's kind of like a you're almost counseling yourself for a brief period of time where you're you're thinking about, you know, you're asking yourself a question of, you know, is this, is this thought what I'm actually going through like have i thought about this the right way etc etc and then you address it by speaking to somebody else yeah yeah um so yeah I, i suppose i'm i'm kind of the same in i don't know i feel like i i get i get hit by things really hard and i i always think about mental health as this like it's like a spectrum where you kind of move across it and i i think sometimes my the 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 arrow pointing at where i am on that spectrum is 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 easier push towards the negative side than others when i'm i don't know anxious or whatever and that's kind of how i'm feeling today and how i've been for the past few days um and yeah i just i I feel like when when i'm like that i'm much more likely to be reserved and then just spill everything out and whereas sometimes when i'm when i'm more um i suppose uh, what's the word I'm looking for like cemented in, in how I feel and I'm feeling kind of strong and feeling um, I don't know stable I suppose is, is is the word I would use and then I can be more uh, strategic in how I do it and then I, to, I often like write I like writing things down I don't know if you've ever done that um, or I, I I meditate so like I'll just sit and like think about whatever i'm thinking about um and i do i do kind of coping mechanisms like that what kind of do you have any strategies that you put in place like that anything like writing journaling or anything like that at all
1: yeah definitely i mean what i do now tends to be meditating more than anything um i try and do that at least every morning uh regardless of the time of you know feeling any form of emotion i try and do that as a consistent so that when it you know because meditation can feel initially if you've never done it before can feel a bit uncomfortable um and i i try to make that norm and make that comfortable so i try and do it every day every morning i'll spend you know a few minutes literally just taking some deep breaths trying to think of you know nothing just meditating um so that when the time comes where you know possibly i'm feeling overwhelmed or something something. maybe happened in that one moment that I feel extremely stressed I can take that time to kind of do that and feel comfortable and go to a comfort place I try to do that more often than not Um, but yeah I have tried um journaling and writing down um before and I found that I'm, I'm a list person um if you probably can already tell from some of the things I've said but um I kind of try to be rational and try to be logical I mean sometimes it's impossible to do that um, but even if I try to do it it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable because it, it's like I have control over the situation even though I definitely don't it's about making my, me feel that um, so I would I would normally you know if there was a period of time where I was really really stressed I'd try and meditate um, and then go through lists to make myself myself, feel kind of at ease and comfortable because that's my comfort feeling organized and you know in control type thing
0: Uh, i list i i kind of use a list i tend to each night i i give myself maybe three or four things to do the next day i have it's something i'm working on currently with with my counselor but i attach my um self-worth to um my like achievements so if i'm if i'm if i'm achieving and and accomplishing things then i feel good about myself But, and then if I, I could, I could do something that I've been wanting to do for years. And like, like like recently, my mind started working with Nottingham Uni, which is like a, a, on a research project, which is what I wanted my mind to be doing the first time I set up. And it's this huge thing for me. And literally like three days later, not even probably, not even probably the next day. I was like, that's over now. And then I felt like I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I'm not achieving anything, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that, that can, that's something I'm having to work on. Um, but for the, the time being, um, one way that I kind of use that to my advantage is I give myself three or four very easy tasks every night that I have to achieve the next day, whether it's like getting up um, at nine or, or like making sure like I'm out of bed within the hour of waking up or um, making sure that I make a coffee for my whole family when I first get up or like just things that are really easy but I can like tick off a list and say I did something cool
1: yeah I massively relate to that and that's exactly the reasoning why I I tend to do lists is for that kind of literally that feeling of ticking some, that feeling of you at, at the time it doesn't feel like you know there's that self-improvement you're just ticking off something that needs to be done but if you get to the end of the day and this is the thing I will control those lists and I will decide what goes on the list depending on how I'm feeling if it's a really overwhelming day and I'm feeling um, you know like I've got lots to do um, I will purposely put on the list something that is not work and it might be like you say something like okay go for a walk um, or you know make my bed um, and just that alone can be something that feels far easier to to do especially if I start the day and I'm like because I'm very much a creature of habit and a routine and that's what keeps me kind of again feeling in control of of uh of kind of feelings and things like that is okay I wake up I do my bed and then already I've achieved something for the day so already I'm in a positive mindset that's how I always try to start my day Um, it's really simple really really small um, and it doesn't matter if today I do more than yesterday all that matters is that I do something one thing and if I get up and I make my my bed then I've done something Um, and that's the way I see it is that you know whatever it is uh, for example I have dyslexia and I struggle quite a lot with reading um, but I always try to set a period of time to read you know 10 minutes of reading whether it be um, it could be I don't know a study for example um, and that's hard to read right or it could be a really light read it completely depends but I don't want to put you know I try to give myself some leeway and some slack to be like okay let's not say oh a chapter let's just say 10 minutes because sometimes some days for a random reason reading might be really hard and then other days it might be really easy so I might get through twice as much within the 10 minutes so if I just give myself 10 minutes and it's achievable if I want to go over to an hour I can decide that so I definitely do exactly what you're saying put lists in place um to have that tick to kind of have that feeling of progress progression um but make sure that those goals or the things on the list are quite small um and kind of loose so that you yeah, know. I-
0: sorry my mic was muted <laughs> uh, yeah I, I I agree I agree 100 percent um and I yeah, it's 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 weird for me because having lists and and giving myself things to do because my one of my issues is the idea that like I I I don't know if you you um know this about me but I have an eating disorder. And I've kind of self-diagnosed myself with muscularity-oriented eating disorder, with disordered eating, because um, I'm technically currently diagnosed with binge eating disorder, I think. It's hard. I've had like several diagnoses, um, but I think I'm currently diagnosed with that, but there's not much research into muscularity-oriented disordered eating, and it's something that I'm really interested in and what I want to do my um, PhD in, hopefully, when I'm, when I'm, I'm working on it. Um, but one of the things that is often seen in people with disordered eating is this, like I I am so control focused and often my eating was the way that I controlled everything. Um, But using a list for me actually helps me take less control because I feel like I have that structure there and it's not very much, but it's something that gives my eating disorder brain that little bit of like, okay, we have got something going on here. So we're okay. And then I can relax around them. So I think like you saying that, that idea of, Um, allowing the giving yourself a task but making it loose and making it something that you can you know just I have to do this thing for 10 minutes doesn't matter how much I accomplish within that thing I just have to do it I think that's a really good way of of getting around that
1: yeah definitely and it's it's completely dependent on the person and personalized to the person so you know if I was to talk as if I was trying to give someone some advice I would definitely say you know what makes you feel you know stressed or what causes you the most discomfort and try to develop a list that's you know helps that or you know creates that, that's sort
0: such a sorry sorry to put in but that that's such an important thing and that's something that um is really can be really hard and i think what counseling helps with is what are what is it that stresses you out i think that's that's because so many people i don't I don't know if you're the you're the same here but there's been there are so many times especially before counseling where i would be so anxious and so stressed and someone would be like why why are you anxious like why are you stressed i'd be like i don't know <laughs> like i just am and i think that's what one of the things that counseling can help with but yeah sorry i sorry to put in i just thought that was a really important thing
1: no yeah i completely agree and and sometimes that in itself is is like you say really difficult to find out what exactly that is that stresses you out. But if it is, if there is something that you've found a pattern or something that you, you know, you're aware of that causes you stress, creating a list kind of, you know, coinciding with that um, to try and kind of ease whatever that stress is. But it it can be really difficult. Um, And that's why I think that at periods of time in my life personally, the way I write lists changes. something really really um kind of silly is sometimes i will write um in every line and then sometimes i will space it out you know whether that's for loads of different reasons for for me it it just feels less intimidating to look at a list that you know has three things in but takes up a page Um, yeah there's loads that comes from kind of it you know experience and kind of trialing and testing things and that can be really really scary to want to go outside of what what the norm is um and that is can be yeah that that's that's a lot to try and do but um going outside of your comfort zone and creating a comfort zone um can also be really really beneficial and help
0: yeah and i think i think that's one that's that one thing that's really cool about journaling and about um kind of becoming more self-aware through counseling and stuff is you realize those like those like arbitrary rules that you set for yourself that don't really make any sense really like the idea that that it's it's like you said weird um to to space out your your lists or something like it like it feels weird it feels like you shouldn't be allowed to do it but having like a a journal or having someone that you can speak to like a professional like a counselor or something allows you to to escape out of those things that you wouldn't normally feel comfortable doing um and also just I think it kind of elite it shows you how how much mo- how many limitations we put on ourselves that like oh I'm not allowed to do that or I have to feel weird about doing that or I have to feel kind of um yeah abnormal for for doing something that really doesn't like really impact you or or, it's its it's, it's, I just think it's really interesting that we do those kind of things like the idea that uh, making a list in a certain way is feels uncomfortable because I definitely resonated
1: with that myself yeah and I yeah definitely and I think that you know and again counselling may have, have taught me this in particular but is to try to remove an element of judgment on myself and allow that time period to explore that's the way I try to look at it. You know, it's not to say that, you know, I, you know, or, or I'm going to go down a route that is wrong or I'm going to go down a route that is right for myself or that, you know, is bad or good. But it's allowing myself to explore outside of what I have considered the norm. And I think that constant kind of ability or, you know, pressure, if you like, to kind of, stick to what has been can really kind of well affect me personally so um just to be kind of fluid that sounds really hippie but literally fluid and kind of loose with with things has helped me definitely
0: yeah and I think you, you base you put that You put what I was trying to say that, but I did it in a very like difficult and stupid manner. You said it very nicely, so thank you. Um, I feel yeah, the idea non-judgmental, being able to do things without judging yourself, is what I was trying to put across, and you did that very very well. Thank you, Um, Charles. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I think I feel like there's been loads of like really good like tips for people listening, and loads of like positive things that people can do. Um, I have three questions that I ask to all my guests. Um, so, um, please feel free to, to take your time in thinking of the answer. Um, but are you ready for the first one? Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, I also, I, I, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but, um, that I've been notified recently that these aren't actually questions. They're just three things that I tell people to tell me. Um, so they are three non-question questions, but well, the first one is, um, name a person either real or fictional that has inspired you in your life?
1: Oh, that's hard. Hmm. I mean, I will answer it, I promise, but my literally my entire arm tattoo is covered in people who inspire me. That that <laughs> tattoo. So it's like, um, which one? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say...
0: I'm surprised you're not looking at your arm for inspiration.
1: Kind of, the, there's two. There's two. It's going to be annoying, isn't it? So firstly, I would say um, my mum, without that being a a, a kind of cop-out answer. um, My mum is one of the most positive, kind of not toxic positive, but really positive, really kind of naively happy about absolutely everyone, even though she's been through the one of the most awful experiences you know, multiple times, multiple different things have happened to her, which sometimes never happen to anyone in their life. And yet she is the most, like I say, passionate, happy person. And that is extremely inspiring to see someone go through hell and back and come out the other side, you know, just enjoying every moment. And that's always kind of spurred me on That you know, no matter what happens in, in life, no matter how low I get or, Bad things get, you know. It, it's just about getting through it and seeing, or trying to see, the good in what you do have, or what is happening around you. And that's always been a massive, massive role in my life, um, and helped through the roughest of times without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but then again, not to, not to answer with two people. But then, um, you know, I have always looked up to or been inspired by just female superheroes in general so you know whether it's you know wonder woman or you know greek gods or you know anyone kind of fictional like that um purely because they you know at the time of growing up i used to watch uh wonder woman quite a lot And I remember it being the only superhero female who I ever watched. And, you know, there may have been more out there, but it was the only one that I was aware of. And it showed me what a female could be capable of, you know, and that a female could kind of be, you know, extremely strong, but also help people, but be vulnerable, but also, you know, hard as nails type thing. And that was always kind of, I suppose, in a weird way, I kind of wanted to become Wonder Woman, you know, I wanted to, accept my vulnerability and accept the hardship but also help support other people and help develop other people into the best they can possibly do and support them in the best way I can and be extremely strong so yeah I'm gonna say two for that one
0: <laughs> I think I think I'll, I'll let you off because they're two very good answers um, your mom sounds in, like an incredible person and uh, I actually just watched captain marvel about two or three hours ago so there's a a female superhero um so my the second question or not not question question um is a moment in your life that you didn't like at the time but looking back now you know that positives came from it
1: these are tough ones you know (laughs) um that's why we ask them yeah, no, it's good, just one. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ahead and go deep. I'm gonna, yeah, okay. So um, growing up, there was a period of time where um, it was really rough um, in my household. Um, my I grew up most of my life with just my mum and my sisters. Um, and in that period of time, um, basically out of nowhere my dad uh went and at that period of time it was absolutely soul destroying I blamed it all on me I thought I was the reason I couldn't quite understand anything I was very angry um and I put it all on my shoulders at the time I thought I was the worst person on earth I thought you know I didn't deserve to be here and that I caused all this pain around me when you know and I going through that alongside other things kind of made me who I am today in that made me be more independent. It made me value um, people, value relationships, value time with people. It made me more um, aware of finances, more aware of other people's feelings, but it took me to a place within myself um with kind of guidance to decide to be a better person and to kind of mold myself as best I can into the person I want to be if that didn't happen then my life would be literally completely different I would be a completely different person I probably wouldn't be doing this job right now um so getting to the point where you literally have nothing you have no money you have no you know no security no one kind of looking after you type thing um and it's not to say that you know my mom didn't do that it's just she was hurt at the time as well you know so it wasn't it wasn't a place to have that and I think that it taught me to grow up very quickly which at the time I absolutely hated and I was distraught but now it's made me so much more aware of people um yeah it's made me definitely a, a better person for it yeah definitely
0: yeah th- thank you for thank you for sharing that I uh the reason I usually ask that question is because I think um often everyone the the common thing is you know there was some like a bad thing that happened to me in my life and actually good things come from it and I think it's really important for people listening who might be going through something similar to what you've gone through to to hear that and hear you say actually I'm glad it i'm glad it happened to a point because now i'm doing all these things that i'm doing now and i'm this awesome person that i am now um, so it's really nice to to be able to hear you say that
1: oh brilliant something like that anyway <laughs> <laughs>
0: um okay so the the final one um is a phrase to live by
1: oh i have so many um okay i'm going to use oh, a phrase to live by Okay, there's a couple of different ones. Have to answer one again.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have two if you want.
1: Okay, so the first one I would say is a quote by May, May, Maya Angelou, which is um, you know, and I might I might phrase it wrong, um, but it is that you know, no one remembers what you said or what you've done; they remember how you made them feel. Um, and this relates very much to again what I'm talking about about giving your. Um, sometimes you know they don't need presence or, or words sometimes you literally just need to show your time and show up and be there so i definitely say that's kind of I don't know if, if to live by is the right kind of quote for that but it's definitely something that's kind of made me always kind of be aware about how I talk to somebody or what they're going through because you never know what someone else is going through right uh, and if, if I make them feel a certain way, they'll always remember that. And I don't want them to feel, you know, I don't want to hurt them forever. Um, so the, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I think
0: I think that's I think that's a great quote. Um, I I, th- I think it is one to live by. I think the idea that you should you should always um portray yourself in a manner that takes into account the idea that the other person could be going through something that you're not aware of or um portray yourself in a way that um, tries to produce positivity in other people's emotions is a great kind of walk of life.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think if I was to say one more, it would be that you are not a definition of your past. Um, Just literally that. You're not a definition of your past. You do not have to be something that you are portrayed to be or someone who you feel like you sh- you are destined to be because of your lifestyle or because of what's happened you always have control over who you want to be and you know the, the way you want to live basically
0: That's yeah that. yeah I again I, I love that I, I'm uh um i I always kind of talk about the idea that I think I think we take cliches for for granted because it's a cliche we think oh, it's not really real, but um the the kind of classic cliche of you can do whatever you wanna you you can be whatever you wanna be and you can do whatever you wanna do like you really can it doesn't matter what you've been through or what's happened in the past. Like you can just, you can just decide, or, you know, obviously it's not as easy as that a lot of time, but you know, if you um, do seek help, if you do, you know, the right things and, and focus your energy on something that you want to be or want to do, you really can do it. Like, it's not, it's not a cliche. It's not just something that you throw away. You genuinely can just be like, I want to do this. I want to change my life and you just do it. Um, and it's not, it's not always easy, but it is possible.
1: Definitely. No matter how big, as long as you set the small, Goals, um, realistic goals in in the now, and you do in the present what you need to do. Um, no goal or no change can be too big. Um, it definitely can be achievable for everyone.
0: Perfect. Um, thank you again, Shal, for, for coming on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good chatting to you. Dan.
0: Good. And that, yeah, thank you, thank you again for for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed, it. and I think again, I think there's a lot of um, kind of little bit snippets of, of information and and um like tips for people and for people who work in gyms people who might be struggling etc i think it's a really informative podcast and i really enjoyed speaking to you so thank you um everybody listening at home thank you again for tuning in and i will see you next time bye thank you so much for listening to that episode here at my minds we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast so please if you can give it a share each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that also if you want to check out myminds.com please do you can see all our social media things on there and we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community thank you